Hello, everyone. I want to thank you all for joining us in this virtual Mandala Day celebration and Dharma talk. Happy Father's Day to everyone who is a father or has a father or had a father. A special day for those of us who are fathers. And I hope also a special day for those of you who think about your father on this day. Also happy first day of summer. I hope that wherever you happen to be, it's as beautiful a day as where I happen to be here on Rhode Island. I wanted to talk today about right speech. It's a topic that I've been thinking about a lot lately. partly because of the protests that are going on around the country, partly because of the influence of social media, Facebook and Twitter, where we see many instances of not very wise or helpful or kind modes of speech. And so I thought first I would say what right speech is not, because in the in the older texts, the Pali canon, the Buddha talks quite a bit about right speech and mostly in the negative, mostly giving examples of what right speech is not. And the first example is lying, saying things that aren't true. This is one that a lot of people have a problem with. We lie in many ways, many times a day about little things, about big things. We lie to others and we lie to ourselves. Another thing that right speech is not is divisive. Speech which is used to divide people, ethnic groups, political groups. Speech that is abusive, unkind, nasty. And the last category, idle chatter, a speech which really serves no purpose 
what right speech is, is factual, true, helpful, kind, endearing, and timely. Speech can be used for the benefit of yourself and others, or as a means of tearing down yourself or others. When I say tearing down yourself, one of the forms of speech and the most common forms of speech is internal, internal dialogue. Not the speech that comes out of your mouth, but the speech that goes on between your ears. The speech which tells you you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, you're not brave enough. Speech which builds up your particular forms of aversion, fear, anger, hatred. Speech which builds up your particular form of delusion, the idea that you are separate from your environment, separate from the people around you, that you somehow are your own creation, as if all of creation has not gone into making you exactly who and what you are right this moment. Speech can either build up and entrap us in the three poisons where it can liberate us from the three poisons. Speech can be used for self-aggrandizement, trying to hold on to our sense of self, trying to hold on to all of the fears that we think are vital to our sense of self our particular hatreds, our particular form of delusion, or speech can be liberating. A special form of speech is prayer. Prayer is something that is very personal and takes many, many forms. Many people find the very thought of prayer daunting, confusing. But we as Buddhists do it in many ways. We may not think that we're praying to God. We may not think we're praying to the Buddha. And yet, every time that we recite the great vows for all, 
we are praying. Every time we recite Ata Deepa, we're praying. This is a form of speech which is a reminder of who we are and what our deepest aspirations are. When we say, however innumerable all beings are, I vow to save them all. This is truly a form of speech. and truly a form of shaping our view of ourselves and of our world. And the same with all of the other great vows. However, inexhaustible delusions are, I vow to extinguish them all. However, immeasurable Dharma teachings are, I vow to master them all. However, endless the Buddha's way is, I vow to follow it. Sometimes when I find myself beset by worries, perhaps waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety, I recite the great vows for all to myself. It's a form of prayer, but it's also a form of just remembering what actually matters that whatever I'm anxious about, whether it's financial concerns, political concerns, health concerns, all of these things are temporary. They fluctuate with conditions. They come, they go. But the great vows, when I say them to myself, repeat them to myself, I feel like this connects me to something that is eternal. The great vows are not something which can be realized in one or two days one or two weeks. They can't be realized just based on current conditions. There's something that have to be carried with you, repeated, reminding yourself over and over again who you are and what really matters. And when you do that, you free yourself from the three poisons, the poison of grasping, aversion, delusion. The same when you recite Tisarana. Buddham Saranam Gachami. Tamam saranam gachami. 
Sangha Saranam Gajami. Reminding yourself where your heart lies. Or when you practice koan study, perhaps reciting your koan as you sit in zazen, perhaps silently intoning the single syllable mu as you breathe out, as you breathe in. And this is also a form of speech. Speech is not only what comes out of your mouth, although that is certainly one of the most important forms of speech. It's also what you recite in your heart, in your mind, the thoughts that shape your world, that shape your idea of yourself. Some forms of meditation consist solely of recitation, of recitation of phrases, loving kindness meditation, metta practice is one such form of meditation. Sitting and reciting phrases, may I be happy. May I be safe, may I be well, may I live my life with ease. And reciting those phrases for yourself, for your loved ones, for your teacher, for your mentor, for your friends, for neutral people, people that you really have no strong feelings about one way or another. And for people who you have difficulty with, people that you perhaps have had arguments with or falling out or political figures that you really don't like very much. The Dalai Lama performs loving kindness meditation, meta practice for the Chinese leaders, the ones who have subjugated his country and suppressed the Tibetan Buddhists. He does it to open his own heart and to perhaps have an influence on the heart of those that he is praying for. In these times that we're living in, when protest is so important, when injustice is rampant, and people are trying to address social grievances, address the bigotry, racism, address social inequality, 
financial inequality. It's very important to keep right speech in mind. Protest which comes from a place of love and concern. Protest which doesn't dwell on the hatred of those you oppose, but recognizes how we are all in this together. That the people that you oppose are what they are because of conditions, because of particular conditions of ignorance. And to approach them with a sense of love and compassion for the suffering that they have endured and the suffering that they have inflicted on others. Protest is an activity which can inflame the passions and can lead to incidences of unwise speech, unwise action, violence, hatred, fear. All of these things can be aroused and inflamed during protest. Even the most reasonable and well-intentioned protest can inflame these passions and lead to unwise expressions. And so while I encourage everyone to make their voices heard in every way possible, I would also encourage everyone to always keep in mind the principles of right speech. Is what you're saying true? Is it factual or is it just driven by your own ignorance, your own ego, your own emotion? Are you shading things or are you being as factual as possible? Is what you're saying helpful? Is it meant to open the hearts and minds, the eyes of those who have acted through ignorance? It's what you're saying, kind. And that doesn't mean wishy-washy. That doesn't mean that you pull your punches 
it doesn't mean that you let people walk all over you. But is it kind in the truest sense? Is it reaching out from your heart without anger, without fear, without any hope of puffing yourself up through your words, without inflating divisions, without abusing others. And of course, is it timely? Is it the moment to speak? What we've seen in the weeks since the death of George Floyd has been extremely timely. It comes at a time when many people are willing to open their hearts in a way that they weren't willing to even a few months ago. Perhaps it's because they have had enough. Perhaps it's because conditions are ripe. Conditions in the country, conditions within their family, conditions within their heart and mind. So yes, the protests have been timely. Approaching people within your family, within your community, within the Sangha, Always keep in mind this issue of timeliness. Is it the right moment to speak? Is it the right moment to be heard? Or is it the right moment simply to listen? to listen to what others have experienced, what others have gone through, what others need to say. Well, that's really all I have to say right now about right speech. So I'd like to open the uh, meeting up to people's comments, questions, whatever anyone would like to say.